Welcome back. We have a great show for you today on Locked On NFL Draft. What's going on in Jackson State? Is it the beginning of the way that's going to change the way that we are going to be talking about drafts in years to come? We're going to give you one trait for offensive linemen that we want to get into, and then it's pick to pick our head to head battle with some sleeper picks that we like at the running back position. Welcome to Locked On NFL Draft. You are Locked On NFL Draft, your daily podcast covering the NFL Draft. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Locked On NFL Draft. I'm your host, former NFL and AFL defensive back, Eric Crocker, and I'm joined by Ryan Tracy, as always. But first, we want to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Ryan, how you doing, man? I'm good. I like to play a little air drums with the built bars sometimes. Yeah. It makes things easier <laughs> for me. Um, yeah. I can't help myself sometimes. I'm hanging in. Um, a lot of news going on, and I'm... I'm really tripping about the way that it's going to change the face of the college draft as we move forward in the next couple of years, but it's also kind of a throwback as well. Yeah. The news I mean, for, for coach Deion Sanders, that kind of tossed me, right? Yeah. Big news. And for those of you who don't know Deion Sanders, he's the head coach at Jackson state university, tried to be the head coach at Florida state, Florida state said, ah, you are not uh, ex as experienced as we would like. So you're going to have to go coach somewhere else first. So he was over at Jackson State. That's in the HBCU. And Deion Sanders was on Barstool. Deion's a part of Barstool. And he said he had some big news to announce. And we see the big news. You have Travis Hunter, the number one prospect in the nation. We're not just talking about the number one receiver. We're not just talking about the number one cornerback, which he easily could be the number one at each of those positions. But the number one overall prospect chooses to go to an HBCU over a power five. And he could have gone to any college in the nation. Now, again, he was committed to Florida State, but as of today, he flipped, signed his papers to head over to Jackson State. And I, I think it's a really cool thing. But what yeah. we wanted to kind of talk about was how does that change how we view draft prospects coming from HBCU because before we got on here, just disclaimer, we were kind of talking about it a little bit. I couldn't, I can't name uh, an HBCU prospect. Get, get, and right. I don't think Ryan can either. Nope. So I'm interested to see if this brings a little bit more attention to those prospects. It definitely makes me want to dive in a little bit more, but the HBCU has a rich history of terrific prospects, whether it's Jerry Rice, you know, Walter Payton, those are two of the most notable ones, but also got Terrell Owens, uh, Steve McNair, Aeneas Williams, you know, as of late, kind of Dominique Rogers Camardi, and there are plenty more that kind of slipped through the cracks and end up being drafted from the HBCU, but we don't really talk about it. So you have Deion Sanders, he's trying to change that. You also have Hugh Jackson that just took the job over at Grambling State. You have Eddie George, he's the head coach at Tennessee State. So there are definitely guys that are trying to bring more notoriety to the guys that are playing at that level. It is the FCS level, so it's Division One AA. Yeah. Uh, but it's done a little different, and I, I like this. I like this move by Travis Hunter, the kid, uh, you know, and I hope more kids end up kind of making this type of decision for themselves, not saying they need to go to the HBCU, but, hey, you can, and there's nothing wrong with that. And I'm, I'm anxious to see, you know, how – everything plays off with him as a prospect in years to come. 
Well, it's all about the investment, right? Like, like you said, years past, there were some good players that came out of HBC schools. Like, and I'd, I'd, well, that's a whole other show we can argue later, but I would say the best guys you named, both of them, the best players at their positions in history are Jerry Rice and Walter Payton. You guys can fight me about all the other running backs later, but that getting back to that, all you got to do is up the level of the program. And that comes from the coach. When you have, a Hall of Fame player that is now the coach there. Nothing against anybody else, but that ups the level. You can't tell me that this decision was made because Deion Sanders isn't the coach there. Right. So going over and away from FSU, that is a big difference. And if you get more quality coaches in there, develop more programs, A, they won't be FCS forever, and B, you're going to get to the point where we are going to know the names of guys that play for those schools because they're going to be legit draft prospects. Yeah, you know, and I think, really more than anything with, you know, Deion Sanders being there, it brings just this level of credibility, right? That, yep. all right, this guy, he's going to take care of me. But I'm, I'm hoping that people start to pay a little bit more attention to these prospects, including us who talk about the draft. And we're starting to get into prospects. And I don't know if there's going to be a special show that's carved out for some HBCU prospects, but just start to kind of shine light on what's going on there at a, you know, at the schools that people aren't really talking about. And they have terrific talent, just like anywhere else. Again, just not really getting the love. I, I think one thing, too, and this will be the last thing, but one thing is, you know, doing some of the things that the bigger programs have. Now, clearly, they have more money. You know, when you talk about Power Fives, things like that, just more funds that are poured into it. But if you can start kind of upping the, you know, the facilities, the weight room, the football fields, and things like that, People will start to come. And if you look at what Deion Sanders has done over at Jackson State, you know, crowds packed. You know, he oh, has yeah. Under Armour going in there. Barstool is helping out. So um, big things are coming. Shout out to Travis Hunter for uh, kind of getting out in front of that, something that people aren't willing to do as of late. Yeah, he's a trailblazer, right? The number one prospect in the class, that's going to make a whole lot of other guys consider schools that maybe they hadn't thought of before. So good for them. We're going to get into what some linemen are going to look like when we go looking for it. What's one trait that we want to see? We'll get to that coming up next. Yeah, but first, we want to talk to you guys a little bit about Stat Hero, all right? no, Listen, no one plays daily fantasy sports to lose. Now, winning feels so much better, and the traditional fantasy sports are long-term losing propositions because you never know who or what you are up against. But Stat Hero you know exactly what you're up against. It's the first of its kind, a daily fantasy sports platform where it's you versus the house and in the head-to-head fantasy matchups, winner take all. And here's the crazy part. Stat Hero shows you their lineups before you play and you handpick the team that you want to face one-on-one. This has never been seen before. It's very innovative, you know, and all fantasy sports and sports betting hybrid has Stat Hero players clocking odds that are over four times better. Why? <laughs> it's because you listen. It's because you don't have to compete against thousands of experts or unknowns. Stat Hero puts you in control of your fate. So with Stat Hero, you are in control of the stakes. You decide how much you're going to play for. And Stat Hero has no choice but to take it because they are daring you to beat them. Stat Hero is head to head and it's the daily fantasy, and you should be involved in this it's one-on-one all right so what are you going to do man you guys are going to right now sign up for free right now at stathero.com slash locked on and use the promo code locked on all right again 
for a 100% deposit match. That's stathero.com slash locked on. And again, use the promo code locked on. All right, man, let's let, let's get into it. We want to talk a little bit about what we what traits we're looking for when it comes to some of these linemen. And, you know, you and I, we just talked about three terrific prospects that potentially will go in the first round of this upcoming draft. But we didn't really kind of touch on some of the things that we're looking for in our office alignment and some of the challenges that they're facing. You know, I think it's it's no secret that on the defensive side of the ball, guys are getting bigger, stronger, faster. You know, I'm from Stockton, California, and uh, there was a kid at Edison High School. I coached that. I coached at E House. All right, I coached <laughs> at E House. But um, we have an Edison, and not Edi- don't, not to get confused with Edison from Fresno, but Edison and Stockton. And there's a kid, defensive end. He just he just committed and signed his papers to go to USC. Now, this kid, he's a basketball player. You know, six five, <laughs> long, lengthy, just mm-hmm. really good athlete. And the scout saw that and said, hey, this is what we want rushing against the offensive lineman. So what kind of, you know, jumps out to me is just the process of how these offensive linemen have to be. Now, you're facing basketball players that are just bulking up and putting on strength, but have that high-end athleticism. So in turn, you need your offensive linemen to have a little bit more athleticism. So when you're looking at offensive line, what are some of the first traits that you covet? You know, the number one thing that I look at is always the beginning of the play, and that really comes in handy when you're talking about a, a pass rusher that's going to challenge you, right? And it's it's hips. It's explosive hips. How do you get out of your stance? Whether you're, you know, aiming to run the ball or you're, you know, a tackle that's already three quarters out of it, that first move, and, and that may just be sinking your hips a little bit to get a kick slide going or whatever it is, but that area from the low back, down to the kneecaps, how do you move that part of your body? Because that's where it all is central for those guys. There are things that you can do to train that out of it, and there's obviously some tests. We'll get into the whole process as we get closer to the athleticism matrix and all that stuff as the combine approaches. But for me, it's about how do you move your hips, whether it's sinking, whether it's extending for an explosive punch, whatever it is, it's about that hip structure. You know, for for me, it's been, you know, as someone who covers the 49ers, obviously a 49er fan, you guys see the hat behind me. Uh, I've had the pleasure of watching Joe Staley play left tackle for a lot of years. And I was like, man, Joe Staley, he's he's a really good football player. He's a Hall of Famer. And then the 49ers traded for Trent Williams. And I'm seeing just this whole other level of what it looks like to play offensive line. And stuff. that can kind of skew your judgment on what it's supposed to look like when you see someone do it at such a high level and just so effortlessly. All right. Now, when I watch guys, and I'm not saying that they have to look like Trent Williams. He's kind of a unicorn. And whether it's his technique, his strength, yeah. his speed, his athleticism, I do kind of pull certain things from his game and kind of apply that to certain guys just to see if they're doing anything that he's doing. So I'd say one thing is how well do guys get to the next level? Now, I, I know it's a passing game right now in the NFL. And, you know, you want to see how guys set up and, you know, they kick that, how they get into their pass set and, you know, play with their hands and everything like that. But I also like to see guys get to the next level, you know, whether it's reach blocks or, you know, you know, getting on one guy, getting to the next level, reaching the linebackers, getting on them. Can you do that with power? Can you do that with speed? So I think, you know, that's to kind of continue on the athleticism portion of office alignment. That's also something I'm looking for. How effortless 
is it? You know, mm -hmm. when I was watching, you know, Evan Neal, the one thing that kind of jumped out to me was I thought he would lose his balance a little too much when working to get to the next level. Uh, had a tough time staying on blocks from there instead of just finishing guys right then. And again, judgment skewed a little bit because I've been watching Trent Williams, who's like one of the greatest <laughs> linemen ever. Right. And I watch how he crushes guys at the next level. But I'm curious to see, you know, I'm looking for that on film from some of these guys. How do you finish guys off when you get to that next level? Do you hold blocks? And whether a guy does or doesn't, that's definitely something that jumps out to me. Yeah, and I think we both look at it in, in stages, right? Like, I'm really incremental there, and you're looking at the result of the play. I think at the end of the day, we both kind of agree that it's about the lower body, not the upper yeah. body in offensive linemen, because to be athletic in this league, to be able to make your blocks, get off and get out wherever you need to be, whether it's in zone, pull screens, whatever you need to do. It's about movement, even at the 330-pound the guys that we see right now. Right, and – when you're going to the next level as well and just continue to talk about the lower body and athleticism. And I talked about what you face at the line of scrimmage as, you know, when facing a defensive lineman and how athletic you have to be to match some of these guys, but also at the next level, these linebackers are starting to get smaller, right? There's not the LeVon Kirklands of the NFL where these big, huge middle linebackers that are like 270 pounds or whatever LeVon Kirkland was. These guys now are, you know, 230 pounds, middle linebackers they're, they're not big and they're super quick and they're athletic and you have to get to the next level and be able to you know impose your physicality on that guy in space without allowing him to miss you or run around you so mm -hmm. that's another thing that again as i'm checking off boxes with some of these linemen that just goes into it i mean i guess you could sum it all up in just overall athleticism and i think that's a trait that's going to be more valued now you know, most guys will start to, you know, look at the feet, look at the hands and those things. But also, how well can I use them? I mean, some of it depends on the offense that you're going in. We've seen the power schemes from, you know, programs or teams like the Pittsburgh Steelers, where you've seen the a lot of zone that's going on now, where offensive linemen don't have to be as big. They're not those big maulers, but they got to move well in space. So mm -hmm. I'm curious to see which guys in this class – really fit the mold of what the office alignment is in the NFL today. And it's guys that are a little bit smaller, taller, but move extremely well. Unless you're yeah. a unicorn like Trent Williams and he's just a little different. There's always one, right? Hey, there's always a couple too. We got a couple of, of lower picks. These are not guys that are going to go in the, you know, the top two of their positions. We're going to go head to head pick for pick here in a minute about the running backs right after this. Right. And we want to get into the comfortability and the comfortability that is of stance. All right, now we've talked about stance a little bit. And you guys listen to this show. You've heard us talk about the, all that they offer. All right, socks, sweaters, joggers, all kind of active wear and apparel. And it's so comfortable. And to me, as I get older, when I was younger, college kid, broke, I didn't really care much about the comfortability. I just needed some socks. I'd go get some cheap socks from Walmart. Now, my feet start to hurt a little bit more when I'm not wearing things that are as comfortable, but these socks, they help a whole lot, especially walking through my house, which is fully hardwood floors. <laughs> All right. So stand socks, they have some of the coolest things when it comes to active wear and some of the things that they offer. All right. It, no matter what it is that you're into, whether it's pop culture, whether it's movies, they have something for you. Uh, Wu Tang, that was one of my 
uncle's favorite rap groups going up. They have Wu-Tang Socks, uh, Batman, The Goonies, Star Wars, The Office, Harry Potter, Disney, Marvel, Bob Marley, Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, Pixar. I mean, they have everything. If there's something that you're looking for that makes it more of like kind of individuality and you want to put that on display, Stance is for you. All right. Now, what are the other people's reaction to my Stance items? They love it. When they see me walk through with the Wu-Tang, uh, you know, socks, and I hear somebody from across Walmart uh, rapping Wu-Tang lyrics, I'm like, man, what are they talking about? Then I look down like, oh, I got Wu-Tang socks on. Okay, I get it now. So, you guys, if you want those kind of rea uh, reactions, when you're walking through Walmart, you guys are going to go to stance.com right now. All right? Stance believes that the perfect fit matters more than fitting in, and that those who feel good, do good. And go see for yourself. All right, register for an account at stance.com and get 15% off of your first purchase. Use the promo code locked on at the checkout to apply. Enjoy the color and comfort of a life less ordinary with stance. And also, in your socks and your joggers and your hoodies and whatever else, you're going to be comfortable watching football. And there's nothing better with watching football than betting. And that's Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered all season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as the football season continues to march to the playoffs. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all sports action this season. Head over right now to the new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. Use the promo code locked on to receive your bonus. Now, whether it's Football, basketball, baseball, NHL, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of this amazing offer that's available throughout the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. And trust me, I will be betting this weekend. Put 500 on the 49ers last week. I won some money. Will I bet on the 49ers this week? Uh, they are plus. They are minus nine against the Atlanta Falcons. Heck no, I'm not touching that. But Maybe you do want to touch that spread. So if you do, what you're going to do, you're going to go to Bet Online right now. All right, Bet Online is where the games start. And speaking of the game starting, man, we are getting down to it. We're getting into more prospects, and we wanted to kind of pin a couple guys head to head against each other. So my sleeper pick at the running back position is Zach Charbonnet out of UCLA. But you have another guy. Let us hear about him. I do. It's funny because a lot of similarities between these two guys. For me, you know, it's Jerome Ford from Cincinnati. I like the home run ability. I really think that I thought they were a little bit uh, far, more different than I thought they were. And they're going to go, in, I think, in different areas of the draft. And this all goes back to my personal view, one that we haven't argued about yet. I don't know if you agree, but I'm not much of a take a running back in the first round kind of evaluator. So for me, I'm looking for value from the running back spot. And so either of these guys, whether it's in the third or possibly in the fifth, I think both of these guys are going to have an impact. But what I like is a guy that can be a change of pace, not necessarily like the classic scat back. These guys are only like an inch different in their heights. They're a pound different in the way that they uh, way in, and we'll see what happens when, when we get the officials, right? But they run differently. And and so, like, you can't expect uh, Ford to to hand out as much punishment as you can Charbonnet, right? I, I enjoy that his the yards after contact is pretty similar, but the way that they force missed tackles and the way that they work through contact is very, very different. But right now, I feel like there's not a whole lot of, like, home run, get to the open space and take off 
type running backs. And that's why I'm leaning towards Ford. I'm leaning towards Zach Charbonnet. This is a guy who, you know, he's from California, but he went to Michigan and decided to up and transfer. He's at UCLA now and had a terrific season. And I feel like it's kind of, I don't want to say going unnoticed, but nobody's really talking about him. So that's why he's he's the sleeper. You know, 6'1", 220 pounds, ran for over 1,100 yards, 13 touchdowns, averaged almost six yards per carry. He was extremely productive. And when you watch what he did, even against LSU, I mean, that was a game where he you know, really dominated and people weren't really expecting that. I mean, matter of fact, uh, you had Ed Oregon who was like, oh, you guys, come over here to UCLA with your sissy blue, <laughs> right? And, uh, so I thought that was funny. But against LSU, he had 11 carries, 117 yards, and a touchdown. So he definitely helped contribute to UCLA beating down on LSU, ultimately getting Ed Oregon and his sister Blue fired, <laughs> all right? But, you know, this is a running back who moves extremely well. He runs with some power. He reminds me kind of of, uh, you know, and this is a throwback name, but Matthews back there coming out of Fresno yeah. State, played with the Philadelphia Eagles for a while. That kind of running back where he moves well, but he definitely will finish with some power. Uh, there's a lot to really like about this kid. But for whatever reason, everybody there talking about all the other running backs. I'm like you, though. When it comes to the running backs, I want value. All right? Yeah, I'm not taking a running back first round. I might not even take a running back in the first two days. But mm-hmm. third third, uh, third day, that's when I'm looking for the running back. I'm looking for the value. I'm looking for someone who will fit my system. And I think no better example of that would be the 49ers this past year where they drafted two running backs. One guy in uh trey sermon out of ohio state where people were like huh i don't know if he really fits but all right we'll see and they traded up to get him in the third round but mm-hmm. they waited into the sixth round to draft another guy elijah mitchell who was more of that one cut speed guy and he's having one of the better rookie seasons out of any running back that's playing right now he was a sixth round pick not a guy that they drafted on the in the first two days so give me the late guy get me the value guy and i definitely think that zach charbonnet if he comes out would definitely be one of the more value running backs in this class. Yeah, I can see that too. Ford, I think, will be that day three guy that I think will make somebody really happy and will be the the Elijah Mitchell to whoever picks him at that point. A guy can get into the room, get in, especially with the the rate that we're going to running back by committee in the NFL, and really put his athleticism on the line and make the most of it. Not necessarily to be a pass-catching back. He's decent at it, but I don't think that's his forte. I like the way that... He is a one-step-and-go type runner, especially in the zone. He ran a little bit more out of the zone than he did in the gap system, whereas it's the reverse for Charbonnet. So there's definitely like a tale of two styles of running backs here. I'm interested to see who goes higher. I'm guessing it's Charbonnet by probably a round, maybe two. But either way, I think teams are going to get two good backs in these two guys. So we'd like to know what you guys think. Who would you take over in that particular situation. And depending on what kind of scheme your team is running, leave the comments over on YouTube. We'd like to hear them. Definitely. So make sure you guys, yeah, like my guy Ryan said, leave those comments, interact with us on Twitter at Eric underscore Crocker on Twitter at Ryan Tracy NFL. That's where you can find more of our work and more of our thoughts on the landscape of college football right now. But from Eric Crocker, from Ryan Tracy, that's going to do it for today. We will see y'all tomorrow. Peace.